<laughs> we are back again. Yeah, this is becoming a habit. People think I've rejoined for real. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. It was all a dream. It was, it was all, all a dream. dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's it. happening, bro? Are you all right? All good. All good, all Mark. Good, all good. Yeah. How was school? <sighs> yeah. No. Yeah. Let's not talk about work. Yeah. Definitely It's away days. We are back, and yeah, I tell you what. Days. Um, we've got D in the green room ready to come on, but um, welcome firstly to everybody in the chat, everyone is yep. streaming in, great to see everybody, um, especially Lisa Ahmad uh, in and around yep. things as always. Yeah, um, she'll be busy watching the match as usual. Definitely. And City Spurs is on, she'll be keeping us informed, yeah, yeah. She's, uh, it's a big one. She's, she's very good at double jobbing. Definitely. Yeah. 100%. Exactly. But look... Mark, I want to come to you because it has been um, a very, very busy um, day for Newcastle. Yep. Firstly, uh, we had the news that Chris Wood will be leaving the northeast uh, at some point and heading to Nottingham Forest on loan with a view to buy. And look, just a again, we, we talked a little bit about it last night, about it possibly yeah. happening, but it's happening. Like It, it yep. seems like it's a done deal. Um, what are your thoughts? Uh, from what I've read, it's a good deal. Um, obviously, I think you know most Newcastle fans. The first question they're asking is, "We must have a replacement lined up." Um, I, I suppose my view on that is, I would think so. Um, we're not stupid. I think we know that. Look, Callum Wilson has always potential to get a niggle or a strain, and and we lose him for a period of time. Um, I thought it was interesting last night. Dad does kind of. Um, made the point of maybe, you know, as we change things up and get into next season, maybe Wilson will be more more of a bit player, and which I thought was an interesting comment. Yeah. Um, Isaac seems to be kind of getting himself back into it, scored the goal at the weekend. So I think for us, from from all chat, from everything I've seen on Twitter, it's um, it's a five million payment for, for the loan deal itself and a 15 million option um, at the end. So for those who, who have moaned and groaned about the 25 million we paid for him, um, and the argument about what he is and isn't getting paid. I think if it's a 5 million loan fee and then 15 million if he meets the criteria on the deal to get that 20 mil back out of a 25 or even 15 out of a 25, I think it's really, really good business for Newcastle. Yeah. Really good business. We are we are laughing. Um, you know, yeah, absolutely. It's, it, it, it's, absolutely. it's a really good piece of business. And actually, it just shows Newcastle going in the right direction, getting money back. Moving know. on to phase two, as somebody said to me this afternoon. Definitely. I think you said it, actually, didn't you? It might have been me, yeah. Possibly it was me, yeah. I think it was. I think it, it was. It, it was yeah, me, okay. I just it remember it was in the chat. Was that me? Was it? Oh, man, I don't, have many, <laughs> I don't have many good moments like that, but obviously I have one today. You definitely but, um, did. Yeah, look, he's, we, we chatted last night. Look, I, you know, for those that didn't didn't watch last night or weren't with us last night, I, 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 I was one that kind of wanted Wood to sign when he was at Burnley, um, you know, Pete will tell you, I, I sung his praises, said he was the kind of shithousing centre forward. I thought we need, hold up the player, give us a different dimension. And he's done that. And um, actually, one of the comments I seen today on Twitter was a very, very good point. He's been this year's Daryl Murphy. Came in, he's been yeah. solid, done a job. I wish the lad all the best. Um, you know, I hope he goes on to Forest and he knocks Manu out the Carabao. And, uh, but he doesn't get to the final and then give us the heebie-jeebies. So, um, yeah, best of luck to the lad. Um, he's done a really good job, but it's a, it's a really, really good deal for us. Really good deal. 
Definitely. And like you said, uh, you were hoping that we would move on very, very quickly. Now, we're not going to spend too much time on this, but yeah. <clears throat> it looks like we're not messing around because Fabrizio Romano has confirmed tonight that we have put a £16 million bid in for this man. Um, over from Brazil, Mateus Franca, um, midfielder. Um, look, one word to describe that news as it came out, Mark? Yeah, um, he he's an exciting talent. Um, I think Obviously, we were looking to do the deal for the lad that went to Chelsea. Um, and look, fair enough, you know, Chelsea don't have their own scouting plans or any kind of, you know, buying plan. They're just, whoever gets mentioned in Twitter, they seem to be going off. Ted, Todd, Todd seems to be going off and buying. Um, <laughs> don't let him crack on with that. I'm sure that'll come back to haunt him. Um, but I think this lad is the, is the diamond in the rough. This yeah. is the lad that I think is, it, for me, is the better player. Um, I think he's got all the dimensions we need. He's young. Uh, he's robust. He can play ball. He's good on both feet. Um, that wouldn't be bad, would it? Not exactly, yeah. <laughs> I think it'll be a quality sign. And I think 16 mil was the, was the, um, the number that they wanted. So it looks yeah. like we've matched that. Um, you know, we know that the policy from Dan Ashworth is that we are looking from youth. You heard him talking on ma on the match there the other week. That's 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 what we're pursuing. Um, if there's a deal there for other players that enhance the team as it is now, they'll look to do it. And we've always said, we say it on most of the shows, if the deal is right for Newcastle and the player is right, the deal will be done. Yeah. So this is a, this is a future talent. And again, we talked about the likes of Franco. We talked about Fresnada last night. You know, these are players. Would he come while Trippier's there? Does he want to sit on the bench? Absolutely, these guys want to come because they see the project. They see where we are. They see where we're going to be in two to five years' time. So, why, why, you know, these talents, absolutely, they want to come. So, yeah, good deal. Let's get it done. Let's get it over the line. Let's get the window cracking. We need, yes. to, uh, we need to get going. We need to get going. Mark is right. Let's get it cracking. And I think get once that deal goes through, hopefully, fingers crossed. Exactly. We'll, we'll be doing 10 hours on deadline days. So we better be getting something going. 100%. That is absolutely <laughs> exactly. right. Spot on, Mark. And look, we'll, we'll touch on Mateus Franca a little bit later on in the show. But yep. we are here for away days. Talk and of course, um, we are always looking to, when we look at the next game, massive game in my opinion we'll, we'll get into it we always get the opposition's view because that is um the most important part and look i've he's missed the last couple of these away days he, he, he sent his troops in for these away days but we want this guy on because he's the main man uh welcome back to d uh from back of the nest welcome in my man how are you What's going on? What's going on? It's good to be back, man. It's good to be back. It's been quite a while. Before I was on this channel, I think it was still Mike Ashley, relegation battle, and times have changed. I know we speak a lot, <laughs> Pete, but since I've been on the channel, I mean, lots of things have changed. Lots. But thanks for having me on. Nah, pleasure. Well, good to see you, man. And you, you've yeah. not met Mark, so uh, Mark... Yeah. Um, nice to meet you, Absolutely. Yeah, channel. nice to meet you, too. Fair play, mate. Good, good to meet you, pal. Looking forward to a good yeah, chat. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Thanks for having me on. No problem, man. Now, look, first and foremost, 24 hours ago, you were preparing for a, a big game at Selhurst Park uh, against Man United. And if I'm right, I'm thinking you were there, weren't you? You were there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah always there, always repping. And look, uh, a fantastic 1-1 draw, a late, superb free kick from um, Elise uh, to, to salvage a point. And I've got to be honest, Dee, 
Um, there are a lot of Newcastle fans that were jumping for joy when that ball hit the back of the <laughs> as I'm well sure. as you guys in Sellers Park. But look, just, just talk to us about that result, about the performance. What did that mean for, for you in your season so far? Look, our season so far has been so inconsistent. It's just laughable. Um, and, and that's not down to just the manager in itself. I mean, we, we didn't back Vieira as much as we did in the first season. We regress as a squad and we have some very good players, but some very average players that probably wouldn't get into some championship sides that's trying to get promoted. So it's been what we've expected so far. And, you know, we're still in a very comfortable position in terms of 12th in the league. And even if we lost yesterday's game, we'll still remain 12th, which shows the job that Vieira has been doing so far. But in terms of yesterday's game, I thought this that game was very important because we've had a difficult run of games and we still do we've got you guys of course coming up on a weekend and then we've got Man United Man United once again um, oh, wow. the following um, the following week after the FA Cup um, games are done so we needed to pick up a point and in this game I'll be honest a few days ago when we done a match preview on our channel I wasn't really looking forward to this game I was like Man United I think nine games unbeaten or nine game win streak something crazy like that they're red on form Rash was on form but then the reason for that was down to basically Vieira selecting some of the players that he selects week in, week out. If he selected them players, I was I was saying there's there's no way. There's no way. It's gonna be the same result. Well, you don't expect different result with the with the same approach that you do, but he changed it. He changed it. When I saw the lineup, I was like, you know what? I'll be surprised if you don't get something out of this game. Because these are some of the players that I want to see us play. And thankfully, in the end. That did happen. Of course, it was a fantastic free kick by Elise. But overall, it was a much positive performance. I mean, we played a midfielder in midfield. It sounds crazy, but that's the type of season we've been having. Uh, we haven't been playing players in their position. Sounds like a Bruce. Sounds like yeah, I was going to say, I was just going to say, how Steve Bruce is that? <laughs> that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, but that's that's down to a lack of signings, though, because we had Conor Gallagher last year that everyone knew about how good he was at Palace. We lost Conor Gallagher. We lost Kiarty to Not Nottingham Forest. And we lost James McArthur down to injury. So, technically, we got rid of three midfielders and we only brought in one in Dokore, who's very good. And all season long, we've been starting Jeffrey Schlupp in midfield. Now, let's be honest. I mean, what other Premier League club does Jeffrey Schlupp start in midfield if they're trying to finish in the top 10? None. None. Even some champ uh, even some relegation battle in teams. I don't see Jeffrey Schlupp starting for Wolves or any other team. So, look, it's been a difficult season. Very important point because I feel like that could be the foundation building up to this game, and it's giving me a bit of boost, a bit of boost because um, we've you know we've had fair show results, fair show results against you guys just so far this season. We've faced you twice already, and in both games it's been nil nils as far as I'm aware, away from home. Yeah, it has. Yeah, it was. Yeah, in the league yeah, cup, we lost, of course, in the penalties, and then yeah, in the penalties. league it was nil nil. I'm not. I know we got lucky in the league. I mean that Tarek Mitchell push, um, which got. We're not going to let you forget that. Yeah, not going to let you forget I know. That, I know we got a bit lucky, but saying that, as Palace fans looking at this game, we have managed to get results against a very good side, and now we're coming off that you know, last minute draw against Manchester United, one of the most informed teams. If he keeps the squad as it is. You never know. You never know. You're at home. Maybe we could pick up another point. I'm not saying win, but pick up another point. That'd be massive for us. Well, what do you make of Crystal Palace? Um, not just this season, but just 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 as a team. Um, you know, in the build up to this game at the weekend, are you are you are you worried by us travelling to Sellers Park? Um, do you know the funny thing? I'm I'm actually a little bit worried about this game. 
Um, like I know we're in good form, and obviously, you know, we've got the best defense in the league. Um, much to you know those that were talking about Man United last night, you know, you actually can see goals we don't. Um, but it does worry me because I think I, I, Palace have enough to trouble us, and I think the game last night, the likes of Eze was on the bench. Um, mm. You know, I know there's a bit of stick from from um, the lad that scored last night. You know, and uh, hey, listen, big shout out to Mark Goldbridge. You know, you don't win games if you don't stop goals going in, mate, by the way. So stop tweeting shit out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's do you know what it is? It's one of those games because, like, you know, we're obviously looking at a run of games and we're going, yeah, like, we're, we're not going to get beat. Like, you know, Botman's in defense. You know, Fabian Shaw is not only gorgeous, but he's just stopping goals. Nick Pope <laughs> is indefensible and, you know, Burger King love him. And, but like you look at this game away at Palace and you're kind of going, Do you know what? Fuck this. There's a chance we might lose. It's just one of those games that you kind of look at. But I think, you know, if you take if you take the the, the bit of messing and the bit of heart out of it, I, in my head, I think there's a chance it's a draw. I think it's another draw because I think it's two good sides. Um, I think Vieira is really really good for Palace. Um, my a lot of my family are from London. Um, my cousin who was a diehard Palace fan unfortunately passed away last year um, but he was at Palace's game and he, and he would tell you he, he, he'd say actually hate playing Newcastle because you just don't know what you're going to get and I think it's for me looking at the game the weekend I think it's the same kind of thing I, I, I kind of know what we're going to do but when I look at Palace you're kind of going who's turning up? Is it the Palace that turned up last night against Man United or is it going to be the palace that falls apart and is a bit all over the place? So I think for me, the, the, the thing with Palace to get them to that, that top 10 is just that consistency and keeping that, that team, that, that same team balance, I guess. And I, I was a bit surprised with some of the players that were left out last night. Um, and as you said, playing the you know, players out of position and, and stuff like that, that's, that's the thing that, would be the only thing I would question would be error at the minute, but I think as a manager he's doing a really good job, and I think I think you know it's it's good to see Palace doing well, um, especially last night from our perspective. Um, obviously, I hope you don't turn up um, this this weekend, um, but yeah, no, I think you're going right places. I think Vieira is definitely the man to keep you going that way, but maybe a couple of additions over the the next couple of windows. I, you know, I think Palace will be there and thereabouts. Certainly, uh, certainly, um, give enough to to trouble Newcastle at the weekend. Um, yeah. But my heart says maybe a draw between the two. Yeah, look, I I, look, I don't know about you, Pete, um, but f- for me, anyways, as a Palace uh, perspective, of course, you guys want to win this game because you're you're trying to push up the table, get the Champions League spot. Yeah. But in all honesty, I don't know how to describe it. But my I had a theory in my head that if we can get something out of this game, if he makes some changes, then that's going to give the fan base a boost, which it did do yesterday. So the spark was a bit better than it was all season long. And also, it's going to give the players a boost. The way that game ended, I just feel like it just sets us up perfectly to get a point, at least a point. I, I, honestly, we'll be happy with a point at this point because one, you're a very good side and two, we just haven't had that consistency. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, we will go get a result somewhere and then next game we'll lose. And that's been the frustrating thing. But based on the changes that he's made and if he keeps with them changes, I'm I'm actually... Without getting too ahead, almost, I'm optimistic that we can get a point out of this game, and I think that's maybe the main. Literally, if the man, you guys probably want Man United to win, because in a way, in a funny way, because going into our game, it sets sets you up perfectly because we've been charity FC. I mean, we just <coughs> give away 
If you're struggling or if you're doing great, what it doesn't matter. We'll give you the three points. That's what we do. We did you know, Chelsea, they only had two games in the last two wins in the last same game. Face pilots get the win. Um every basically every other side that's been struggling, even Forest um, before when they were struggling, they beat us. So that's the type of team we've been. But because he's made these changes finally, and it's good. Saying that, with right now, and honestly, Pete, I, I told you before jumping on as well, I've been extremely busy all day. And it's with work and it's with Palace as well. Right now, it's such a weird time being a Palace fan because we have both of our owners literally fighting over each other. <laughs> um, we've got this game coming up as well. We've got Steve Parrish and John Texo, who's an American investor, who yeah. they're sending messages to each other via the media. So another report just came out saying that um, Texo is not happy with Parrish's run of the club day to day. And and then you see replies, and then you see that it's it's kind of weird being a Pirates fan right now. We've had no transfers oh. in, which we desperately need, as I said, because Vieira is doing only so much he can do. This squad is not a top ten squad. I mean, the fact that we're twelve is absolutely is amazing uh, to a certain extent because we got some bang average players, and we haven't got enough depth in certain positions. So we need we need players. We have our owners arguing. <laughs> we managed to get a point. That's the only positive out of it, but. Look, this season has, as a whole, it's just been a write-off for us. It really has. We're out there, League Cup, of course. You guys knocked us out. FA Cup and the league. Honestly, I don't know what to really expect. I think it's going to be mediocre. Yeah, and you know what? I'm really glad that Mark talked about, you know, this game being potential banana good for Newcastle because even from before Christmas, I, I, I looked at the fixtures and I thought, I thought to be honest, I thought Leicester would be a, a banana skin for us. It turned out it, was, it wasn't. But then I thought we'd win at Leeds comfortably. We didn't. Um, I always felt we'd get something at Arsenal uh, for some for some reason, and obviously we did. Um, but I've always had Palace as a game that I thought would be really really difficult. And you know, even though we have got some wins recently at Selhurst Park, it's always a difficult place to go. I was there last season when um, really, other than other than the great goal from Callum Wilson, we didn't really show anything like we were, we were really going to score. Um, and Palace. Were were the better team for for large parts of that game. Obviously, we were we we were waiting for our manager to come in. Eventually, Eddie Howe came in, so it was a difficult situation. But it's always a difficult place to go over the years. But then, in my mind, I'm thinking we're a different Newcastle now. We set up differently. We are very hard to break down. Um, Man United, like Mark said, and he's absolutely right. They do ship goals. They are a lot more open in situations, and you could see as the game went on. Later on into the game, they became easier and easier to play against because they just became more and more open. It's like they, it's like almost like they got nervous. They lose, they lose their shape as well. Yeah, they yeah, lose their yeah. shape absolutely, very, right. very easily. Yeah, and, and Casemiro is going to be a massive loss to them against Arsenal. We could have potentially won the game yesterday, by the way, <laughs> after the first goal. I know we, we oh, there, there were a few opportunities where if if Juan Bissaka, of course, he had to be him, and we know what he can do. If Juan Bissaka wasn't there, I could see Wolf scoring. And there were times that we let ourselves down after we scored that goal with Elise. And by the way, this was in the 91st minute. It's such a wild game that after we scored that goal, we still had opportunities to potentially win the game, which pretty much sums up what happened. That's what I'm saying. We just desperately needed a goal. We desperately needed a point. And then after that, things started clicking a bit better. Now, saying that, Man United have a great de uh, defence as well. If you look at the defensive stats um, going into the game before yesterday's result, they were brilliant as well. And... To be fair, we didn't cause them that many problems in open play. And I don't think we'll cause Newcastle that many problems as well, uh, potentially. I mean, we've got the players, but um, we're still... It's, it's been that kind of a season where I don't know who's going to start up front. I, yeah. Honestly, um, I think you might switch up the strike option and that could play an influence. But saying that, as long as we're solid defensively and, and 
you know, as the game goes on, maybe you guys try, try to push on to us and try to get the win. If, if we can hit you guys on a counter-attack, similar to what we've done kind of against Manchester United yesterday, even though we went one one goal down, I think that's the most important thing. And plus, we changed our defence as well. Chris Richards from Bayern Munich, he started yesterday. And Rashford, one of the most informed players in the league, he pocketed him. And that was very positive to see because that was his first ever Premier League start by Richards. Talk to us about uh, Chris Richards because you, you've been you've been banging the drum for him for a while to be starting starting for you guys. And I'll be honest, I didn't know too much about him, but he's come in. And as you said, last night, I thought he played really well. Um you know, from what I saw, but yeah, just talk to us about him. Like, like, did you get? Did you say you got him from Bayern Munich? Yeah, so we got him from Bayern Munich in the summer, but pretty much as a depth option. Um, but the problem is this season, Joachim Anderson and Mark Gay is the main two starts, but Joachim Anderson went out injured against Chelsea, and there's been a few other games where Joachim Anderson's missed, but for some reason, Patrick Vieira decided to think James Tompkins is a better option. To, to be fair with him, there were times where Richards was out injured. But, for example, in the last game, in the Chelsea game, uh, when Anderson went off the pitch, based on what Vieira said post-game yesterday, Richards was fit enough to come on that game as well. But he just hasn't had that many opportunities due to injuries and due to Joachim Anderson and Mark Gay playing. But he's a fantastic youngster. He's got pace. He's strong. He's good in the air as well. We, As I said, just a summer signing. We haven't seen much of him. There's been appearances coming off the bench. But um, we desperately needed him to start because Joachim Anderson will be out for the Newcastle game as well. He's out for three weeks. And he pretty much showed his worth. I think he's a modern-day centre-half that's comfortable with the ball on his feet and is strong. And most important, most importantly, you also need a bit of pace, which he does have. So from the signs yesterday against the quality of opposition that we played, he didn't look out of place. And I, and I only expect him to improve from here on out because that was his first ever Premier League start. Mm. Interesting. Now, I didn't realise. Um, I had, I thought that, that Anderson would be back fit, but he's obviously he's no, no, he's out. He's out. He's got a yeah. he's got a calf injury, so he's out for three weeks. So he should be. Um, he won't be appearing for the Newcastle game. But I'm fine with it because Richards, if he plays like he did against Manchester United, he seems like a perfect, capable centre half to to uh, fit in that space. But then again, before the game, I was worried about whether he played James Tompkins because Tompkins. Even if it's against Newcastle, Man United, or whoever we face, that that's a problem. That's a liability there. But now that he's actually putting Richards out there, I think I think I'm you know I'm it gives me that bit of faith and gives me that bit of confidence going into this game because I feel like he's a solid solid centre half. I hope he plays Tompkins on Saturday. Forget <laughs> 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 uh, about that. Miss me with that. James Tompkins on Saturday. If Tompkins played yesterday, I'll tell you this as well. That's going to come back. Uh, because there were times, I don't know if you guys watched the game, but there were times where Rashford ran in behind, Anthony ran in behind, and Richards, you know, we know how fast Rashford is, but Richards caught up with the pace, and yeah. that's pretty much the difference maker, because United are a very good counter-attacking team, but we had a centre-half that, that can match that pace. So, look, I, I, I don't think Vera will be that cr- like that foolish to drop Richards after the performance that he had and put James Tonkins. I don't think he'll do that, regardless of you know what happens. As long as Mark Gahey and Richards is fit, I think they're starting. And thankfully, it happened in the Man United game. Yeah, I, I can I can see. Like, I watched the highlights last night um, after we kind of finished up doing the show last night, and you're talking about Richards. I actually had no clue who he was. I didn't know who he was until I kind of looked at some of the stats on Live Score. Um, mm. I thought he, I, I thought he looked a real prospect from what I seen of him. Um, you know, he did keep Rashford very, very quiet. So I think, I think, you know, he's a, he, he seems a very good young talent. The question I've got for you, D, is um, obviously he scored the free kick, um, which you know we all know De Gea's a shite keeper anyway. 
Um, but obviously, there's there, there seems to be a, a good bit of stick floating around um, from Eloisi because he didn't really celebrate. He's come back oh, with yeah. a comment today saying, well, you know, I'm just doing my job. You know, the postman delivers the post. He doesn't celebrate when he puts it through the door. So what's mm. the feel from the Palace fans when you kind of get that? You know, is that a bit of deadpan comedy from him? Or, you know, no. what, what what's the deal with that with him? Elise is a is a interesting character. He's not he's he's fairly quiet. There's been interviews as well where he talks to Palace TV and he's he's straight on to the point. He's I don't know, he's very unique. You have to know Elise to see that it wasn't very surprising that I didn't celebrate. It doesn't mean that he's leaving, it doesn't mean that he has a sock or anything like that. That's just who Elise is. And some people are like, Oh, come on, you have to celebrate, you have to do this. But everyone is built different, and Elise is just it's an interesting character. Let me just say that I haven't spoken. I don't know him personally, of course, so I can't say much about him. But from what I've seen from Palace and even in his in his youth level, apparently he was playing for Manchester City, um, I think Arsenal and other clubs, and there were concerns about potentially his attitude and all of them stuff. But I think he's misunderstood. Um, he's just a quiet guy. He just doesn't really show emotions. I, I don't know why that is. <laughs> I don't. I mean, if if I scored against Man United. Um, on a live TV game against uh, in the 91st minute, if go like that, I'm taking my shirt off, I'm running into the stands, I'm doing everything, but everyone's celebrating in their own unique way. And at least yeah. he just is more reserved, and that's who he is. So, I, look, I'm not majorly concerned, but as neutrals, I, I, I expect the conversation to be going around because it, it does seem quite a bit weird. But as Palace fans, we already know, and we didn't, we're not really surprised by it. Let's just say that. Okay. Um, I suppose next question, and we've got we've got a good few questions coming in. We start a few. We'll get get to some of them later on. But let's let's obviously address the elephant in the room. The penalty, the penalty claim last night was yeah. it or wasn't it? My view is absolutely not a penalty. Um, mm. But let's let let's get your take on it from a from a Palace perspective. So when I was at the ground, because it was on the other end, I had no clue. Uh, I mean, I saw the United players getting frustrated. I had, I had no clue. But watching out the replays, I guess it depends on the angle that you watch. The angles that I've seen, uh, there is, I think there is a slight bit of contact with the ball. Um, and that's why it clearly um, wasn't given. But I, I guess it depends on um, what angle you see it on. But for me, I, some Palace fans are still saying we're, we're lucky to get away with it. But... I don't think so. I, I, I genuinely don't think it was a penalty like that. I, I feel like he got a bit of the ball, but I guess yeah. it depends on what. TV, I, I, I looked um... at it back a couple of times, D, and for me, he gets a touch on the ball. So yeah, that's what ab- I saw. Ab- as well. That's what I was no a bit shocked. That's what I'm it's only a toe, that. but you can see the ball change direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I, think what I'm I think it's McTominay. Was... I think it is goes down then. But that's but, enough. Yeah, that... If there's changing direction, it's enough. Listen, we we don't need to talk about. Like, let's be honest, what happened against Man City? I mean, come on. They, you, they're the last people right now to talk about VAR decisions because they got away with one against Manchester City with the Rashford offside decision. So um, We don't need to talk about penalties either. We got a little bit of stroke of luck the weekend as well. Fair play, meter or double touch. I saw that. I saw we that. were blessed. I, I can't, but that's a weird rule, though. I don't, why, what's the purpose of that rule? Because... All right, he's like, what negative does he have if he does hit the ball twice? Like, is it just me? It's kind of weird that rule. I don't, I don't really understand what's the. I suppose, I suppose the the point, the point of the one that we had at the weekend was, if it hadn't double touched off the other foot, Pope would have, Pope was going the right way. Yeah. So the questions raised: Does he save it? Does he not save it? Was but, it even um, on target? Was it even on target? We don't. Yeah, we don't a, absolutely. So there's a, there's oh, a yeah. hole. But like, listen, mm. we you know 
we started the season, we got shit on by VAR. All of a sudden, you know, we're starting to get a little bit. Of, we're getting a little bit of luck. Um, but um, yeah, look, you, you never know. And but the thing for us, like we, you know, we talk on most of the shows. The the whole deal with VAR and the referees, it's so inconsistent. Like at times, it's a it's a fucking bag of toys. You don't know what you're gonna get. Do you know what I mean? Just different referees, different VAR. It, it can be a bit of a joke at times, but I, I think last night you guys got the right decision. I think if that had been given, if I was a Palace fan, or you know that was given against us, I, I'd I'd be fairly pissed now if yeah, <laughs> if I got that now. And and they've changed it anyways. They've they've changed the uh, who is it that came in for VAR? Um, the ex Premier League referee. I've, his, his head has got off my head, but anyways, anyways, they changed. They changed. Who was that? Sorry, Mike Dean was originally in there. It was, it was someone no, else? No, no. There's a ex ex Premier League um, referee who's in charge now of VAR, and basically he's he's changed things about. And they, I, I don't know if you guys have noticed that as well, but they basically want to use VAR as a last result. Like if they, they want to stick with the referee's decision on the pitch. And I don't know if you guys have slightly noticed it. Maybe I, I definitely have. Um, they're looking at less VAR decisions, and I'm seeing less um, less decisions being made based on VAR. So I feel oh, like that's that's the area we're going towards. Okay. So we had extreme levels of VAR. Now we're going to have barely any levels of VAR. So yeah. let's see how it works out. It'd be a good thing. Normally, yes, um, exactly. Just go, just go back old school. If a striker is slightly in front, he's got to get the benefit of the doubt, man. This whole thing with a yeah, shoe and a toenail, like, like, let's let's be honest. It's just, ruining the game. What, what what does it matter if someone's kneecap is in front? It's not really going to make any difference, anyways. I, it's just sometimes I feel like with football, common sense needs to be used. I feel like some of the law. I, I understand it. Laws are the laws, but some of the decisions that are made, it just come on, just you. Use a bit of common sense, especially with offsides. There, there's, you can just see like there's no way he's going to catch up to him. They'll yeah. pretty much level. I get, on, I get level, the I get the offside piece if a guy is five yards in front. Yeah, but you know, it's like much there, level, there was one against your game, Rashford's five yards it? in front. You get an offside. I get that, but mm. when it's so close and you're looking at a striker's elbow being in front of a defender's knee, like ah, just you know, it's that yeah, it's that it's whole not, experience and excitement of that first goal striker or. You know, midfielders looking around going, should I celebrate? Shouldn't I celebrate? Hang on, let's wait until he checks the camera. Let's wait, let's wait for VAR to be checked. It's just, mm. it's killing the game. Killing it. They're trying to get away from it anyways. Um, but let's, let's see. Let's see. I don't know about offside rules, but the other decisions, are, are fair, I'm pretty sure I've noticed, I've noticed a difference um, in terms of VAR decisions as of recently. There's one, there's one player I want, to, I want to talk to you about before we kind of move on to, um, to the game and, and, and looking at how things will work out is that Wilfred Zahar, obviously, still one of your main players uh, in the mm. team. He's got six months left on his contract. Yeah. Been more links again with um, potential moves, even in this window. You know, um, there, there was talks on that he posted some on social media that people thought he was going to be leaving. What is the situation with Zaha? And, and, and genuinely, do you think he could one? leave in general so is he gone in the summer or could he even leave in january from your perspective so i'll start with january 99 percent sure he's not leaving in january um i would i would want to say 100 because you never say 100 percent, but he's yeah. not leaving in january because he's happy at palace um palace don't want to sell him unless there's a ridiculous offer that someone wants to pay i don't know 40 million for the last six months. that's not going to happen so i don't think wilfred is leaving in january um that, that i'm pretty confident about that in the summer now no one knows. We've, we haven't been in this territory. Before, 
under Roy Hodgson, he did want to leave. He was quite unhappy and I, and I understood it because we were playing negative football. We had no ambition as a football club and it was just literally Zaha versus the rest. Yeah. But now he has that connection between Patrick Vieira and him. The, the relationship is very strong. You can see it on and off the pitch as well, based on the videos and how they talk about each other. And he seemed like he's enjoying his football. He's enjoying the type of football that we're playing. But saying that, no one really knows that Palace. And I, I don't think that Zaha himself has made the decision yet. And that's the first time this has ever happened. Because before, you'd think, oh, Zaha wants to leave. His contract's going to run out. That's fine. He's gone. But nowadays... Genuinely, no one knows. Vieira spoke about it. He said that he he ideally wants to. Um, we of course we want to keep Wilf. We will try our best to keep him, but I don't think a decision is made that even journalists don't know. Like it's just out there. I think he's exploring his options. I think he's taking his time to see where we're going, and we'll see in the summer. And hopefully, he does stay with us because for me, yes, he can move on, and I, I wouldn't hold any grudge towards him moving on, but. I'm worried about his future the most because if he joins a big club and it doesn't work out, I have a fear that it could be the end of his career. He can easily end up on benches of teams like the likes of, I don't know, Chelsea or United. It can happen. It can easily happen. And I don't want that to happen. I want him to play football till, till he literally can't physically um, continue. And I want that to happen at Palace. Um, of course, I'm biased. You wouldn't want Zaha um, to be playing at Palace as, as a Palace fan. But yeah, look, I, know, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to stay or go, but in this window, he's not going. No, it's a, it, there's always going to be those links with those type of players who we've had the same over the years. And I, I don't think he'll leave either in January, but I think it could well be that he leaves in, in the summer. Um, yeah, uh, it, it, it moves on. But, but you know, for, for you guys, you, I think you've got the perfect man to evolve uh, the team um, in, in Vieira. So uh, I don't think it'll be the, the, the worst thing in the world. Look, uh, we've got... Yeah. A number of questions that will, fl will fly at you. Um, so, uh, Frederick has put in there, uh, which uh, Crystal Palace player could you see um, be sold for big money to a top club? Um, so, obviously, Wilfred Zaha on a side because he's only got six months left on his contract. Yeah, so... Who else is there? So, I think it'll be Elise. Elise is a name that's been mentioned quite a few times. There's been interest from Chelsea. There's been interest recently from Lyon, which is... Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not, but if it is, it's, it's very frustrating because we're we're part of this multi-club ownership model and one of our owners owns Leon and Palace. So if, if he was to sell one of our better players to Leon for his sake, that would be extremely frustrating. But I think it'll be Elise. And in a way, I would like it to be Elise because one, I feel like it's easier to replace forwards than the likes of centre-mids and centre-backs. Um, you can always find another right-winger, but finding the ideal centre mid or the centre back that can be difficult at times uh, and secondly we have got options there as well we've got youngsters that are coming through that could potentially step up to the plate as well so if if a player was to leave I think it'll be Elise but saying that I believe there was a report that came out today um, which was suggesting that basically if Zaha was to leave this summer Palace wouldn't sell Elise as well so it, I, I guess it depends on scenarios and what happens with Zaha and, and not but I if, if I had to pick one player, it would be Elise. Interesting. Elise, he's a player that we've that Newcastle looked at. He's, he's, he's a top talent. Um, of so. course, who haven't you guys looked at? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. everyone. <laughs> right, definitely. Um, we're, just lying, we're just lining most people up for Chelsea. That's all we're doing. Every time yeah, we look at someone, exactly. oh, Todd's like, oh, we need to get the like... checkbook out. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah Chelsea. You'll bid thirty million. Chelsea bid sixty million for him. The weird thing is, though, like like Chelsea signed another one there tonight. Still, none of the positions that they actually need to fill. I, I just, I'm just totally baffled. Six hundred and fifty million of a spend since August, and not the two positions they need to fill filled. It's crazy. So just don't, I don't, know what don't get they it. Spend a lot all. of money, but it seems like they haven't got um, they haven't got a strategy. I, it's it's all a bit confusing, but we'll see if it works out. Nobby Clark's put a question in there linked to money actually uh, from a Palace perspective what Palace fi- what are Palace's finances like can they afford anyone in, in, in the window it, it, I'm laughing I'm, the reason why I'm laughing is because literally a few hours ago the report came out that one of our owners we've got so many owners now it's, it's beyond ridiculous <laughs> how, how I miss the old Palace but one of our owners who, who wants to list us in the New York Stock Exchange um, as part of his holding company He's getting on to Steve Parrish because he's saying Steve Parrish ain't spending money. So Steve Parrish runs a club day to day. This guy's meant to give him the money. And basically he's saying that Steve Parrish is not spending the money. It's all a bit... I honestly have no clue about our finances. At the start of the window, there was a there was a video that Steve Parrish spoke about to Palace TV saying we were going to sign a couple of loan players. The way that the fans reacted to it, they put the video down. Now you've got one of our owners that's telling our our day-to-day, the guy that runs a club day-to-day to spend a bit more money. But then why wouldn't Steve Paris spend money if he has that money? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, Steve Paris is the one that brought us out of the administration. He's he's a Palace fan. He's he's kept us in the Premier League for 10 years. And in honesty, who am I going to trust more? A, a Palace fan, the guy who's been with us for 10 years, or some guy that literally joined us last summer that wants to list us in the New York Stock Exchange and that has three other football clubs and God knows what his intentions are with us. So it's all a bit confusing. I genuinely don't know about Palace's finances. Um, but supposedly there is money, but that money is for this window and for summer. So I don't know if they want to spend in this window because, as you know, January will be more expensive. But saying that, we we needed to spend in the summer, last summer, and we didn't. And it's just like, you didn't spend last summer, so you have to spend this window. But now you're saying this window is expensive. Well, we always know that January window is expensive. If you know about football, January is always more expensive window. So if that's the case, then why didn't you buy these players in the summer? Like, why are you using that as an excuse? So, honestly, I have no clue. I expect a few signings, maybe on loan, but it might be last-minute signings. And right now, it's, it's a bit of a shambles with our ownership. No, is it, look, we've both been linked with Conor Gallagher, potentially. So <laughs> Yeah, he's going to you guys, man. He's not coming back to us. Um <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. I, funny enough, Gallagher, when we faced Chelsea, we, that, we had a, basically our players had a fight with Gallagher. Um, his closest friend, one of his closest friends that he went to multiple clubs with on loan, Mark Gahey, he, he had a pretty, um, he was t- basically telling Gallagher to get up, do this, do that. He was, he was pretty pissed off. But I don't think Gallagher's coming to Palace. I think he'll go to you guys, in honesty. Um, I think that ship has sailed for us. And and, and honestly, that, can we spend money on Gallagher? <laughs> our owners are having a fight as we speak. Um <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, I don't know I don't know what, what there, what's going on <laughs> madness madness I didn't know about the ownership until you told me tonight that's um, yeah, that's yeah. crazy so we're, we'll have to keep an eye on that one um, look Lisa's put in the chat as well uh, hit the like button everyone or Daz will tell us off welcome Daz in the chat one of the loaded mag um, members of the team um, 
make sure you get those likes and subscribes in um, and join the Loaded family uh, in the chat tonight. Uh, some really good questions coming in, so keep them coming, guys. Um, there's one here uh, from Foxy. Now, you might know the player's name, but I haven't come across this player in particular. Did you... Ragsaki. See... Yeah, Ragsaki. Yeah, that's the that... yeah, so that's the player I was talking about in terms of if we were to certainly say... He's been out on loan at Charlton, mm. but we've seen him at Palace as well at youth level, and he's also had a few appearances for the first team. I rate him highly. And uh, it's just not Raksaki, there's Marco Mobue, which we sent out on loan to Hull City as well. Um, but in terms of do I think he will get a chance? Realistically, I think he's ready right now to have a squad role for us. I, I do. But the problem is there's there's Jordan Ayu, which Vieira loves, um, and then there's Elise down the right hand side as well. So I think Raksaki potentially, if he was to get a chance, it might be in a few years' time. I don't see it happening anytime soon. He's he's doing very well at Charlton. I expect him to come back and go out on loan maybe to another uh, championship club this time around rather than a um, League One club. So, yeah, Raksaki, massive. I, I'm, I rate him massively. And I don't, because as Palace fans, we sometimes overrate academy players because we've had some very good academy players. As soon as we see someone that's half-decent academy level, we think, oh, bring him to the first team. I'm not that type of person. I, I, I think... You have to be a bit sensible with it. Academy level and first team level is completely different. But with Raksaki, it is one of them players that I genuinely do feel like he can play first team football and to a role to a certain extent for a Premier League club because he's very skillful on the ball. Well, interesting. Keep an eye out for that, Foxy. Um, class as always. I'm sure you know about Mateus Franco. Uh, Foxy, so uh, get your opinions in the chat, that's for sure. Um, Dad has put their his body got the runs, he's off screen more than on it. No, he hasn't <laughs> put the runs, don't worry about that, Daz. Um, he's just gone to run a quick errand in the house and he'll be back, um, back in his bar uh, in no time. Um, uh, one or two other questions um, before we move on. Uh, question for D from Michael. Palace always mid mid-table it feels are you happy with that or do you feel the club should be pushing for more good question Michael very good question and we should be pushing for more we've been in the Premier League for about 10 years now um yeah we're approaching 10 years I think this is the season and we want to be a top 10 club and we understand it's not going to be easy but we but the ambition is just so confusing right now when we signed Patrick Vieira the first window that we had under him bringing bringing in the likes of Anderson Gehi, Elise, Edward, uh, Conor Gallagher on loan. We, we made some quality signings. And it seemed like, finally, we're about to be serious. We're about to be serious about pushing up the table rather than just focusing on staying up. But then saying that, we had a summer of just signing one or two very good players, but we, just, we didn't sign enough. And when you look at our net spend over the summer, I think we was in a bottom three in terms of net spend. We didn't build on what we had last season. So we... As a fan base, we want to be a top 10 club. But with the owners that we've got right now, Pete, it, it just, I honestly don't know what to expect. We've got billionaires, don't get me wrong. We've got billionaires and Harrison Blitzer, who owned the 76ers and NBA team and a bunch of other clubs over in America. But every time a bigger club becomes available, such as the likes of Chelsea and Liverpool, straight away we hear reports that they're interested in buying them and pinning us off. Straight away. So they're, they're not in it at Palace for the long run. We've got John Texter, who is just literally bought shares into us last year, I believe, or two years ago during the COVID season. He, I don't know what his intentions are because he seemed like he created a company and in that company, he owns three or four other football clubs. And now he wants to list that in a New York Stock Exchange. 
Now, what does that mean for Palace? See, this is what I'm saying. We got so many people involved with the club, whereas before it was just Steve Parrish and other people that, that, that kept us safe in the Premier League. And we needed investors. I 100% get that. But I feel like now Steve Parrish, I'm wondering if he's regretting the option of, of just selling the club and selling portions of the club to people like Techstar and, and Harrison Blitzer because I don't know if they're in it for the long run. And you need investment to be, be to be able to be a top 10 club. You see the likes of Brentford and Leeds and other clubs around us that are spending good money and we haven't owners that are arguing with each other. That's saying you should be spending more and then the other one's saying, don't tell me what to do. Like, it, it, it seems a bit silly. So ideally, the ideal scenario for me would be C Parish and a very wealthy owner that actually has interest in growing Crystal Palace as a football club. Like your owners. Your owners are not doing it for the business element as well. They're doing it because they they want to make Newcastle a better club. Whereas right now, with our current owners and talking about listing your football club on a stock exchange, that's a business move. I understand it's a bit. I understand, look, the Premier League is still business, of course. But now it's become a playground for the rich. And if you try to do everything tight and if you try to list your club up to the stock exchange and then try to appeal investors by, you know, getting in higher profits and then trying to uh, spend less, it's not going to help you in the long run. So for us to be a top 10 club, our owners need to be serious. And right now, I don't think we've got that serious owners to push us into that next level because it's Steve Parish and then a bunch of like probably six, seven other investors and... God knows what their motives are. No, I, th- I think you've made a really good point. Um, and look, we, we 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 as Newcastle fans know how you feel because we have we had similar situations with that lack of um, investment in the club to take you to that next level. Is that mm-hmm. you need that? And, and you know, Brighton have done it a slightly different way and they've got successful from it because they had a really, really good scouter network and been really successful time after time after time. They've not really missed. They've hit every time on a player. Um, Brentford have spent money. Leeds are spending money, exactly what you said. Even Forest are pushing up there and they've spent yeah. more, than, more than us this year. Like They're, they're spending crazy money. Um, and it is a risk, though. It is a risk. Like you, you can be a Brighton and be successful, or you can be a West Ham and spend 180 million. Lawless knows about that more than anybody. <laughs> yeah, I about Lawless. I wonder how he's doing tonight. I feel sorry for him, man. He's going through it right now. I can do, tell. Do, do you well, really feel sorry for him, though? Do you really? <laughs> I, I told him. I told him you better hope that you win that conference league because once he's out of it. He's, he's not, yeah, I'm not stopping. I'm not stopping because he, he's been talking loads, bro, this season. He's been talking loads. But look, look quickly about the owners. I, for me, of course, you want billionaire owners because they have the resources. But having billionaire owners with, with without them taking direct interest in a club, it, it means nothing to me. And we have billionaire owners right now. But are they putting the money where their mouth is? I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I, I mean, we, I get it. We built a new academy site. We built a new stadium. But realistically, that's not enough because other Premier League clubs are doing that while spending money in the transfer window. I mean, you can't just be that tight to say, we're building a new stand. We're not even building a new stadium. We're building a new stand. I know we're also, we built a new academy site and that's our limits. That that can't be our limits. I mean, if you want to, if you've got that many investors, I'm pretty sure they're all wealthy, you could put the money in. You could put the money in to actually grow this club. But that's what I'm saying. They're tight. They're, they're, they're one of the owner, ownership group, they don't even see their future at the club. So why do you, I mean, is it a shock that they're not putting the money where the mouth is? I'm not, I'm not, I don't think so. I think it's, it's, it's pathetic. And until we get this ownership thing sorted out and, you know, whether these owners go or stay, 
I think we're going to be stuck in this in this level because we need investment and it's not happening right now. But hopefully that changes anyways. Yeah, let's wait and see. Hopefully um, your look changes just like ours did just over a year ago. But look, let's get into the match day. Let's talk about the match. Let's talk about the, the lineups and all the other things. But of course, let's get some stats. Good evening, Keith. 00 Stato, how are you, my man? Yeah, yeah, just um, just a little bit cold, I think, today, you know, just a, just a wee bit, you know, just trying to keep warm in these times, you know. Yes, definitely. Uh, there is a cold snap up and down the country, that is for sure. But great to have you on, Keith, 00 Stato. Um, we're back again with Palace. And uh, look, I think both sides of the coin, both D and myself, are looking for some positive news on stats in the run-up to this game. So what you got for us this week? Yeah, um, you know, fairly, I would say it's fairly optimistic. You know, there's certainly points for both clubs. Uh, got some head-to-heads stats, um, got some manager stats as well, a uh, couple of stats for the players as well and some general stats. So going into it, the overall record in this fixture uh, for Newcastle, played 53, won 30, drawn 11 and lost 12. Um, the head-to-head record in the Premier League, uh, 23 games, and Newcastle have got 11 wins compared to five wins for Palace and seven draws. So slightly favours Newcastle in the Premier League era. Um, Newcastle have scored more goals as well in this fixture, 28 compared to 20 for Crystal Palace. And also Newcastle have got the better defensive record as well, 12 clean sheets compared to five for Crystal Palace. Eddie Howe is a manager. Um Bit of a mixed record against Palace, uh, given oh, obviously now going back to his um, his Bournemouth days. Uh, 16 games, won five, drawn five and lost six. Um, and Patrick Vieira's record um, against uh, Newcastle, four games, no wins in those four games, two draws and two defeats. And um, moving on to some players here, um, Wilfred Zaha, six goals in 12 uh, games for uh, Palace this season and uh, at Sonny uh, Edward, four goals in 13 are the top goal scorers for um, Palace uh, so far this season. Goalkeepers um, Nick Pope has 11 clean sheets um, compared to uh, Vicente um, uh, Guardiata um, with four clean sheets. Palace doing well as well uh, there. In, in between the uh, sticks there. Um, some general stats. Um, Newcastle have only scored more than one goal um, in only um, one of their 13 Premier League games with Crystal Palace since um, 2014. Um, so quite a low scoring game, this one, in the last um, eight years or so for uh, both clubs. Um, Crystal Palace. Now, this impressed me about Crystal Palace. Showed their real battling quality so far this season. Crystal Palace have secured 13 points from losing positions in the Premier League this season. 
only Tottenham have, um, um, with 14 points, have uh, recovered more. Although some Tottenham fans won't be happy about giving away two goals every game, but uh, and coming back in the second half. But I thought that was really impressive that from Palace showing their battling qualities. Um, Palace, though, have lost their last eight pre- uh, home league games um, on a Saturday with a half past five kickoff, Saturday evening kickoff. Um, they've scored six and conceded 19 in this run. And the last win on a Saturday evening. Um, was against Tottenham in January 2015. So about eight years since Palace have won on a Saturday evening. Newcastle fans will be hoping that stays the same just for the short time being. Um, Newcastle have um, kept a clean sheet in their last five games, and that's the longest run um, ever really in the top flight. Um, they've, they've Also as well, the 11 goals they've conceded so far is the fewest after 19 games for Newcastle in any top flight season um, for Newcastle. And um, Newcastle are unbeaten in 14 Premier League games, um, winning uh, nine and drawing five. And um, that is a, their record, joint record. They've never gone 15 without um, defeat in top flight history. That rounds off the uh, stats for this evening. Great stats as always. And like you said, it was, it was a bit of a mixed bag. There were some positive ones in there for Palace um, and one or two positive ones in there for Newcastle as well. So there's some good stats, that's for sure. It's, it, it's going to be an interesting one. Um, look, we'll get your thoughts on it uh, soon, Keith. Um, and myself and Mark weren't too confident in this game, but these boy going into this game after a, a good result last night. So you see, it's going to make for a good game and I'm glad it's on Sky. I'm glad it's um, under the lights at Celeste Park because I think it'll, it'll make for a really, really good atmosphere. But look, from my perspective, um, let's look at the let's look at the teams. So, um, Dia, I didn't a- actually ask you um, for your um, predicted lineup, but I've gone with this. Yeah. Hopefully you can see it on the screen. Um, I've gone with the same team that you went with uh, against Man United. Whether he will change one or two, I'm not sure. Um, do you think anyone will come in as a maybe? I, I don't know. Um, so the changes that I expect is the backline will remain the same. The goalkeeper will remain the same. Um, yeah. it, there's there's a slight worry. Hopefully he doesn't do this, but the way he talked about it afterwards, after the game, that um, basically no one basically got dropped. It was rotation. So there's going to be changes for the Newcastle game. Right. I hope to God that he keeps who's there at, alongside the Corre um, and doesn't bring Jeffrey Schlupp. So I think them two remain the same. But in terms of the the front four, kind of, um, Mateta and Edward, I think Mateta will potentially get dropped. And instead of Mateta, you could potentially see Jordan Ayu there um, starting in that role. And Edward going up front. But it's a bit hard to say because he made a lot of changes. Well, he made changes that he normally wouldn't expect Vieira to do in that last game. So I don't know if he'll stick with the same group of players. But based on what he said, he's going to make changes for the Newcastle game. Hopefully, it's not a lot, and I think it could potentially be that one. If it's just the one with I coming in for Mateta, I don't think many Palace fans will be upset with that. No, it's um, it's an interesting team. Uh, I don't really know too much about uh, Decore. Uh, I think he was one of your new signings this season. Yeah, um, he 
very good, very good um, holding midfielder. I mean, as I said, he's been basically playing midfield by himself. Uh, he's been like our only midfielder because majority of the games he's been playing with the likes of Jeffrey Schlupp. But then yesterday when he had Will Hughes there, it, it eased that pressure off him. Very yeah. good in terms of on the ball, can, can pick out a pass, good with the tackling as well. And he's just a proper number six, a modern number six that can connect to defence, um, get a ball from the defence, link up with the attackers, and also um, under pressure, he's comfortable on the ball. Um, and playing Will, who's next to him, absolutely helped him yesterday. Interesting. Um, Keith, look, I'll come to you. Bruno Gamera is missing. Huge, huge miss. I'll just bring Mark back in. Welcome back, Mark. Um, Thanks, lads. Apologies. Had no, to, uh, no had to I tell you, it's a very simple story. I'm actually, as as you know, Pete, I'm redecorating. Um, I just had somebody come and buy my old couch because I have a new one coming. So I do, D, I do apologize, mate. Doesn't know. No, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Um, about yeah. It. Don't worry. So yeah. Doing doing these deals on loaded time. I like doing, it. doing my deals on loaded time. Yeah. Oh, girl, <laughs> to be fair, girl, girl was coming up from Dublin. She got stuck in traffic and stuff. So yeah, I do apologize. No, no, don't worry. Um, He's just giving his perspective on what he thinks the Palace team is going to be. And look, this is the team that I put together. Um, obviously, the, the loss of Bruno Gomez is massive. Uh, thankfully, it doesn't seem like it's going to be for too long. Um, so I've, as it, I think most Newcastle fans would think, he's brought Joe Linton off the left, back into midfield. I've, I've actually kept Joe, Joe Willock on this left-hand side because I think he plays really well down there. Put Joe on the right, and then we're, I brought ASM back into this uh, on, on the left hand side. Um, you know, if he's ever going to get an opportunity to start, this is probably it, really. And he's looked decent in his last couple of cameo appearances, in my opinion. But then the rest of the teams itself, the back five is the back five, 11 clean sheets. Um, Longstaff, I have to be honest, guys, and, and, and lads and lasses in the chat, um, I think I was probably quite harsh on Longstaff in our review after the Fulham game. Having watched it back a couple of times, I actually thought he played quite well. Um, uh, you know, his work rate and his ability on the ball, particularly when we lost um, Bruno, I thought yeah. was really good. I think I was, uh, you know, I think I was quite harsh on him. Um, definitely a, a, be a, a better performance for sure. So you know what it is with long stuff, Pete? We said it. It's just, it was just the finishing at the back end. Like yeah. his work yeah. rate, his endeavour, breaking up the ball, his, his performances off the ball are outstanding. Yeah, it's just that final bit. So yeah. you're right. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, like I say, I just I was, I was personally a bit harsh with him. I think I was just angry because he, he just kept missing chances. And like you said, Mark, the one thing about him that frustrates me is that he gets in out of all the midfielders, he probably gets in the best positions of the lot. But he just because he gets three or four good chances in the game, just wanting to take at least one or two of them, yeah. and he doesn't. Um, and even uh, sometimes the final ball is not great, but everything else, like you said, about his game is great. Gone with the same team. I've gone Wilson to start up top, which le leaves us the likes of Isaac coming off the bench. Um, look, Mark, I I'll get, I'll, I'll come to you first. Like, do, do you agree with that? Would you change anything? Um, what, what, what do you make of that team? And I'll ask you as well, and I'll ask Dee the same from the opposite side of things, is that where do you think Newcastle can win the game at Sellers Park with the two teams set up like this? Look, we know Bruno's a loss. Um, but I think, look, there's, there's still enough there. I think key key for us, uh, you know, and I think I'm, I'm sure Dee will probably say the same, defensively, we've the best defence in the league. We're not shipping too many goals. Um, 
I think we've we've gone a little bit goal shy. We're creating the chances, but we're not we're not finishing them. So that's probably my only concern. I think ASM is the right one to start. I think it's probably where Eddie will go. Almiron's still in great form, but he's kind of the little golden touch he had is kind of slipping away a fraction. He's been unlucky a couple of times. Yeah. Um I think we'll I think we'll be strong enough in midfield with that three. Joel Joel Linton is in good form. Willock can be hit and miss, but I thought he played really well at the weekend. Um, I'd like to see a goal from him. So I think with the defensive piece that we've got, um, as Dee said, it depends on which Palace turn up and you know whether they cause us problems on the counter. I think we'll be strong enough to maintain that. So, albeit I kind of said a draw, I think we've probably got the stronger team um, on, on paper. Um, I think we're probably the more informed team, um, and I think that defence should Palace kind of have anything in that attack. Depending, as as Dee said, you know, does Eze start? You know, how do they line up? You know, what do they do? Does Richards keep his place? Um, you know, does that, that that inexperienced play? He pocketed Rashford. Does he do the same with Miggy? You know, it's kind of you know, you've, you're kind of hard to know. Does he? You know, is he able to keep a hold of you know Isaac if he comes on? But I think I think we've enough. I am. Um, I know people will probably kill me for this because you know they'll say I'm anti-ASM. I'm not. But I would like to see Isaac start on that left. I'd just be interested to see what him and Wilson could do. And um, we know he can play on the left because we've seen it with Sweden and we've seen it um, prior with Real Sociedad. So yeah, that's my, that's my only question. Um, well, you you know what? It, it, it's it, you know it's not. It's not, yeah. And I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to no, ASM no. bash, by the way. No, the, the, the reason why I say that is because Geordie Jack in the chat um, has mentioned something similar, actually. Um, just go back up. He's just clicked on there. Four, and, two, and, four. The, yeah, the, and the reason I say it, Pete, and you know this, is because of Eddie's comments the other week, which is yeah. about the two lads playing together in the same team. Yeah. And I don't, and, and the reason I mention Isaac as opposed to ASM is the fact that Eddie talks about the two playing together, but I don't see him changing the formation. So to do that, I think he has to play Isaac on the left because I don't see him moving Wilson out. That's the only well, reason I mention it from a formation point of view. This is uh, obviously we're switching sort of Joe Linton. You know, Joe Linton was here. This yeah. is kind. This is kind of how we set up in the last part of the game against Fulham, chasing the win. So yeah. Isaac was played in the number ten, and Eddie Howe was, he was playing, playing as a ten. Yeah, played. exactly. He was kind of coming in and here. Wilson played in yeah. and around the middle. We had the t- this is how we set up. Uh, and you know what, Mark? I haven't got an issue with this. I haven't got an issue with this. I haven't even yeah. got an issue with this either. I haven't got an issue with this. Willock here, Longstaff here, Joe Linton on the left, or vice versa. Yeah. I haven't got an issue with that. The only thing I think of is that it's away from home. And when you're away from home, you have to be kind of, you have to be to a certain extent, even in the early parts of the game, just a little bit cautious. But I was I just, I was going to say, I think that exactly, I think you're 100% right, Pete, because I think he, for the first 15, 20 minutes, Eddie will want to be compact in yeah. that midfield. Yeah. So I think for those reasons, he'll go with the ASM piece and he'll move Joe in because I think Joe gives us that. Joe Linton gives us that bit more strength and robustness through the middle. So for that reason, I think he'll set up the way you have it there. 
But I think if the game is still a nil-nil, if, if Palace are not causing as many problems, I think second half around the 60, I think you see ASM go off if we've not broke through. And I think you see Isaac coming on more so. As you said, he'll make that change, pushing out, and he'll drop Isaac in behind um, in behind Wilson. Keith, you agree with those those points from Martin? Couldn't have said it better than Martin there. To be honest, um, I think... Um... Uh, keeping it compact in the first half, uh, keep, keeping a clean sheet at half time certainly, and look to push on if, if Newcastle haven't already scored in the second half. And Newcastle do have the meanest defence in the Premier League at the moment, so I, I can see obviously Newcastle staying compact and absorbing what Palace have got. Um, these games have been tight over the years, for the last eight years, as alluded to in the stats. So you go into the second half, if nobody's scored, Isaac would be the man, wouldn't he? I'd look to be to build on that experience. And recently, Andy Cole even said recently that Isaac could be the player uh, to take um, Newcastle to the next level, you know, in terms of up front. So I was over the moon with his goal uh, that he got the winner against Fulham and maybe he can build on that against Palace. Definitely. No, um, I think you're right. Uh, I think, uh, again, great points, Keith. Um, look, Dee, from, from your perspective, you know, where can Palace win the game? Where are your strengths? Where do you think, you know, look, it's 11 clean sheets. This this defence is, is, you know, it's it's been fantastic. You know, Pope, I think, what is it? 600 hours or may even been more than that since he um, since he's, he's last conceded. Uh, something crazy. Um, you know, where can you win the game um, potentially at Sellers Park on Saturday? It's 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 a difficult one. Um, I mean, when you look at the midfield, I think Will Hughes and Decore. Um, if if Hughes does play, I think Hughes and Decore can be a very good partnership um, in short term, anyways, uh, for short term solution. So that would be interesting to see how um, they fare against the likes of Joe Linton and Willock. Um, and then when you're looking at your back line, of course the best defence in the Premier League. Um, but we've we've got players there as well. And I'm just looking at some of the matches. Um, I don't... Look, I'll be honest, I don't watch Newcastle week in, week out. <laughs> um, I, can't, I barely have time to watch Palace at, at certain stages. But when you look at some of the names there, Dan Byrne versus Elise, I think that's a very interesting battle there um, in terms of Elise's footwork. And I wonder how that fares up with Dan Byrne. And in terms of Zaha versus uh, Trippier. But in honesty... In this game, I think it's going to be extremely tight. I think it's going to be extremely tight. And the reason why I think that is we, we had a tight game at your ground, um, but Eddie Howe, whilst at Bournemouth, um, he did come to Palace a few times and he knows that Sellers Park can be a bit um, a bit troublesome at times uh, for the opposition teams, especially if, if the Palace fans are are on form and, you know, if, if we've got a bit of momentum, which we're coming into this game with a bit of momentum. So I think it's going to be a very tight game, but I think it's the midfield area that I'm looking out for. And in terms of um, our attack, I think that, in a way, we've got the names there, but we haven't scored that many goals. So I won't be surprised if we keep a clean sheet, but I don't, I don't think there'll be that many goals in this game, in all honesty. I feel like we, we're just going to, it's going to be a very interesting tactical battle um, with both teams getting certain advantages and maybe St. Maximan against Nathaniel Klein. 
that's one to watch out for. Um, I want to see how Callum Wilson does against Richards and Gehi because they're all very good. Um, and if they stop the likes of Rashford, who also went through the middle second half, then you expect them to also have a good game against um, Callum Wilson. So overall, I think it's going to be very tight, you know. I think this game is genuinely going to be very tight. But I think if you yeah. win the midfield battle, you create chances like that. Yeah, it, it, it's it's really it, it's going to be an interesting one. And like you said, we've got two tactical managers coming up against each other, which will always make for a good game. You mentioned Wilson. Wilson's not not the same type of player as Rashford. Rashford likes to get in and behind and and with that pacing in there. And that's what Wilson's game used to be. Now he's he, he likes to bully the centre backs. He likes to hold the ball up big and strong. He'll he'll drag. He, you'll see in game he'll drag the likes of Gay. Um, and equally Richards into these channels to allow the likes of Joe and, and, and Willock, Joe Linton and Willock, to try and get into these little spots from midfield. You'll see these guys breaking time and time again to come and join the attack. So, you know, don't be surprised to see the centre-backs be dragged here and there. Um, and he'll just look to mop up anything that comes into this area. Um, and that's his game at the moment. But it was interesting you mentioned from the beginning, and this is where I think Newcastle will win the game. And it's from this position here with this man and this position here and this man. It, our, 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 our wings will, will make the difference in this game. Because what you'll find is, is you'll see Amir on here and then you'll see Trippier here. And he will... The reason why I put his starting position up here is because he is not your traditional right back and he will play very high up the pitch. And you'll see Shaw move over to here, Botman here, Go and to three. play yeah. as a three centre-back. So yeah. although he will match up against him, um, it won't be a set left-back situation. You'll probably find it will be set up like this at times and Shaw will be yeah. trying to deal with uh, Zaha there. And <clears> yeah. We'll make I, I those think... overlaps. I think um, there's more times as well, before. Pete. I think you'll, you'll actually see that match-up with where you've got Byrne and uh, Olisi there, I actually think that matchup as the as the game goes on will become more Botman, yeah, and Olisi, because I think you'll see you'll see that switch because uh, what you do tend to see in particular if we are getting a bit of trouble down that side is you do tend to see Botman move that way and mop up, yeah. and Byrne comes just slightly further in, yeah. so I think I think if you know, again, tactically, Eddie Eddie sees that if if you know Burn is getting a little bit of trouble down that side, I think you'll see Botman kind of push further out that way, not being in a left back position as such. Um, maybe with with Burn coming in, but I think you'll see Botman kind of push more to the left to deal with that um, if there is a threat there. And let's not forget, we're an incredibly fit side. So what you find is is that Willett will come back and support here, and Joe Linton will come back and support here, and you'll see that yeah, just that you'll see them making these runs time and time again um, over the course of ninety minutes. And I think as the game goes on, the fact that you played Wednesday could well help us later on in the game when we're probably still really fit and and running up and down and covering a lot of space, pressing high. You guys may start to tire, so it, it's one to look out for. But they're really, really interesting how it could be won. I think you mentioned earlier, D, that you know um, set pieces could be the difference for for Palace and where you guys nick a goal or two. So we're gonna have to definitely keep an eye out for that one. But again, tactically, it's going to be really, really interesting. Um, that is for sure. Um, before we start wrapping up and, and, and going for predictions. Um, uh, any more questions in the chat, Mark? 
that we cast. Uh, um, did, we, did you go through some of the ones while I was away, did you? Some yeah, I've, I've got rid of a few. Actually, just before that, I think we've had yep. a few new members. So, Dougie Morris, yep. thank you for uh, becoming a member of uh, Lone Mag NFC and, and welcome back to Shane Mawson all the way from uh, Down Under. Um, uh, yep. Welcome back, Shane. Back to the Loaded family. Um, so, yeah, there's a few questions here. Um, yeah, a few, few questions around Vieira. What's uh, what's Dee's view on um, what? How, how good a job do you think Vieira's done so far at Palace? Hmm. Yeah, so um, it depends on the, on the fans that you ask. It's kind of a split now. Um, I think that's down to the results and frustration building up. For me, I feel like Vieira has done a, a very solid job with the group of players that he's got. Last season, we went to the FA Cup semi-final and we had games where we were unlucky not to get the wins rather than um, lucky to get the draws, if that makes sense. When we're drawing games, we're just, it was going on the right, right side um, of, in terms of style of play. This season, as I said, we regressed as a squad and there's only so much Vieira can do. And there's been talks about from some of our, from some of our fans that saying, look, I'm not saying Vieira is, is faultless. As I said myself, Vieira is still growing on the job. And there's been some points of the season where he should have played the likes of Will, who's more often than Jeffrey Schlapp in midfield, and some other plays over, you know, some of these plays that he trusted a bit too much. Of course, of course, there is some mistake with the manager with some of these results. End of the day, the manager picks the team. But there's only so much they can do. He hasn't been backed properly. And, and it frustrates me when some of our fan base say, oh, get rid of Vieira and bring in the likes of Sean Dash. Well, you're taking a step back. I mean, we try to do something different. And the reason why he hasn't worked out, the real reason is not down to Vieira and his tactics, is, is purely down to him not getting backed enough. Instead of putting your frustration into Vieira, how about you put your frustration into the owners and let them spend a bit more money? Because we barely spent this year and we needed to spend to build on that. But let alone that, we regressed as a squad. We, we got rid of players and we didn't replace these quality players. And you expect Vieira to do miracles. We got, I mean, let me just say this. I love Nafana Clans a bit, but... Who, what other Premier League club does the final client start for in 2023 as a right back? Yeah. Or actually, start, actually start seen something on Twitter today. Somebody said, D, um, how, how in this day and age is Nathaniel Klein still playing Premier League football? Even the likes of Jordan Ayew, who's, who's been playing for and And the reason for that is because the, the, the other players that we got, alternatives, one, that sometimes they're not good enough and and two, he just hasn't had the investment. He just hasn't had... We just don't have the squad depth to be a top 10 club. So for me, Vieira has done a very solid job. Of course, there's been some faults this season, which I would have liked to see improvements. But then again, I'm happy with Vieira because I want him to grow on the job. And he's going to have these hiccups. It's part of it. He's still a fairly young manager. And from what I've seen in terms of the positives and the style of football that he wants to play, if he does get backed and if he doesn't work out, fair enough. But at least back him. And then see if it works out or not. Right now, that doesn't mean the case. Yeah. Um, okay. Quick one from Tom. Then before we get into predictions, uh, kind of last one. Um, question for D. So from from the Newcastle perspective, you said obviously you said you know you don't, you don't watch them week in week out. But who are you worried about from our squad that you think is going to cause Palace problems? Uh, there's a few players. I think Amron, of course. Um, that's going to be an interesting battle because I think Tyreek Mitchell, who's been struggling at some points of the season, but he had a red card against Fulham when we did come back from the World Cup, I believe, or first game back at Sellers. And he was out for three games. Then he came back against Chelsea. We saw improvements. And even against Manchester United, we, we're seeing glimpses of the old Tyreek. So I want to see how that fares out, I think, with Amaron. And also, um, 
I think in midfield, Joe Linton is very strong, very physical, and we just don't have that strong physical midfielder. So I wonder if Joe Linton bullies our midfield and force, finds his way through. I think it's going to be some interesting battles there. And say Maximan, which I don't know, Pete, you remember, I don't rate him as highly. I don't. But saying that, Vieira... Don't fucking start him off, D. Don't start him off. <laughs> don't start but him saying off. That, but saying that, I didn't, I didn't know this sort of other day, but Vieira has actually managed St. Maximan at Nice. So they yeah. know each other. Um, it was so... the reason why he left to come to Newcastle. Because they, they, <laughs> they fell out. They fell oh, is it? Out. <laughs> that, that'll, fall be, out. that'll be great. interesting in the weekend. Yeah. I mean, yeah, especially our left-hand side. I could see him scoring and running to the bench yeah. and giving Vieira... Yes, yeah, Sam has a point yeah, of on Saturday. Yeah, he does, yeah. Maybe he hits a screamer like he did against Wolves, you know? Yeah, let's see. He doesn't know. really score that many, does he? But, yeah. No. They look, are memorable when he scores. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, look, it, it's half-time at the Etihad. Can't believe it. Spurs are 2 0 up. Haaland missed. I I would say it has to be one of the sitters of the season with a header. Um when when you see it, you'll see it. Um unbelievable. Should have scored. Um but yeah, yeah, Spurs Spurs went really did, uh, last the season though, didn't the Spurs won at the Etihad last season in February. <clears throat> Yeah, uh, when did, yeah. uh, City had a bit of a wobble, so maybe City are having that wobble again. The defending is, is truly is. horrific from both of those goals. The defending is absolutely horrific. But to be fair, we put three past them and we spoke about it after we played City at St. James's. They're great going forward, but they cannot defend. Yeah. They can't defend. Yeah. Even we so scored bad. two goals against them at their ground this season, and that was without Zaha. Um, and we've struggled to score goals this season, so yeah, there, there's there's a lot. That's it's, uh, it's an opportunity for you guys, though. I mean, if City's losing, if you beat us, then I'm pretty sure you well, go above City. Or yeah, we would. But but um, for us, we we want the gap widened from fifth, from fourth to fifth. We yeah, want, oh exactly, yeah, yeah. We, we don't, don't, don't worry about second. Yeah, but you got another yeah. problem. <laughs> I mean, you can't win today. Then <laughs> that, that's <laughs> it. Is that, <laughs> yeah, we, I think most fans. Would have wanted Spurs to lose today to keep that potential gap. Everybody in the chat is talking yeah. about City, so so yeah, it's um, it's a shame. But look, there's, there's still another half of football. Let's let, let's wait and see. But look, guys, um, let's get round to predictions. So um, let's say what seven thirty Saturday um, at the game at Selhurst Park. What are we saying the score is going to be? Mark, I'll start with you. Um, I agree with D as much as um, we're in form, got great defence. I think they've got, I think Palace have players to worry us. So I agree with them. I think it's going to be a tight game away from home. I will go with a one-all draw. One-all draw. Interesting. Um, yeah, Michael Palmer's gone nil-nil. Um, people in the chat get yep. your score predictions in. Get your predictions um, in, yeah. Go on, MD. From a Palace perspective, what are you thinking the the scoreline is going to be on Saturday? Honestly, I'd I'd be extremely surprised if it ain't nil nil or one nil Newcastle. It, 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 
I'm, I don't know what it is. <laughs> Saying this watch is going to be like 3-2 or something crazy like that now. But I, I genuinely think it's going to be a tight game. As, as Keith um, said with with the score um, scores between us, there hasn't been more than one goal in, in a lot of games that we've played against each other. So I honestly think it's going to be a tight game. But I could, I, I would happily take a 0-0. I'm going to go for 0-0. 0-0. Okay. Lisa's gone. Our, our mod, super mod Lisa, who's watching the Man City game, is obviously... Obviously, not been watching the show. She's gone. I'm going three nil. Isaac Hattrick. So there you go. Jordy Tune for life, regular viewer. Um, evening, buddy. He's gone for a two nil win. Dazzler, our own Dazzler, has gone for um, two nil. Um, Radiator Russ is going for three one. Um, Nobby hasn't put anything up. He's just saying we've got the best defense. Um, and Alan's gone. Sell Harland. He's a waste of money. There you go. <laughs> So yeah, most in the chat obviously going for Newcastle. Um what a lie there is also going gone uh, two nil to the tune. So yeah, that seems to be two nil seems to be coming up quite a lot, and there's a couple yeah. of three ones. So we've had yeah, that could also happen. I don't see us scoring a goal. Um or if we do score, it might just be one. So I could I could definitely see like a two nil Newcastle as well. But I think it's, yeah. it should be a tight game based on what we, we did actually get that in the chat D. Somebody said Palace don't score unless they get the free kick. There you go. <laughs> yeah, uh, we hardly get any, so we basically don't really normally score. <laughs> well, we've had, am I right thinking, Mark, just a reminder, 1-1 one, one was yours? 1-1 one, one was mine, mate, yep. 0-0 uh, for D. Now, Keith, are you going to be on the fence again, or are you going to go Are you, you going to go confident Newcastle United win? What, what are we going to go for? 6-0 away win. Just like Kirk Q, we are. We're going to get double hat trick. You're going to get Isaac a hat trick, and you're going to get, um, well, you're going to get ESM, get a couple from him as well. No, I'm only joking. Now I'm going to talk some sense now. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's. Um, I can see three outcomes for this one. You know, I think there's some truth in what D says. I mean, we shouldn't be surprised if Palace nick it with a free kick because. Van Aalholt a few years ago just before the pandemic he, he put a screamer in didn't he against Newcastle at Winnip uh, Selhurst um, but again true to form it's either going to be one late on by one goal from Newcastle or it's going to be a one-one just like Marty was saying really it's going to be um, I, th I think Palace yesterday that point against United a brilliant point a brilliant goal from them late on right at the death that's going to do them the world of good, really, for the for the confidence. And it's going to be it's going to be rocking on Saturday evening. Is uh, Sellers Park? I think it's going to be really difficult. Newcastle aren't going to be without Bruno. What's that going to do? Um, I, I think Isaac one one, Newcastle. Ooh, Isaac one one. Yeah. Going for the scorer. Um, I think, but I think Newcastle will win. I think it'll be a tight game. Um, I, I'm going to go two one. I think Newcastle win 2 1. I do think Palace may score in this game. They might even score first, but I think Newcastle will will, will, will end up winning the game. Um, I know it's it's a tough one for me. I could have quite easily gone 2 2, 1 1, and, and took a point, but I want to try and be positive and, and say we're going to get a win. So 2 1 for me, Newcastle. Um, we've got our predictions in. So many in the chat um, have mentioned their predictions as well. Um, so it's going to be an interesting one, that is for sure. But look, before we go, make sure you click that like on the way out. Make sure you click that subscribe. Come and join the channel. 
and the loaded the loaded channel. Um, D, just before we go, uh, where can we find you um, and your channel, mate? Yeah, so at back of the nest, um, you can find us there. Uh, we just do a bunch of different palace content right now. It's popping off with the owners, with the games going in behind, match previews, match reactions, and yeah. So um, thank you for having me on. Uh, pleasure and welcome, man. Um, Good to meet you. Many in the chat. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, you're, you're a great guest. There's many that would have watched it before when you've been on. So, um, thank you for joining. And of course, yep. uh, Keith Double O Stato, great stats. Double O Stato, as great always. Opinions. And uh, uh, Mark, absolute top stuff. Thanks for um, joining us tonight, as always. Pleasure to be part of a weird as always. Definitely. And look, everyone in the chat, great comments and um, opinions in the chat. Um, Radiator Russ, I think, is is going. Oh, man. Yeah, I didn't didn't actually mean to say that. It just kind of slipped out. Um, (laughs) You know, and now he's, he's, to be fair, he's getting a fair bit of grief in the chat. Um, So, yeah, Russ, I apologize. just kind of came out, but you know it's going to stick. <laughs> Definitely. And look, if you want your radiators, this is the place to to be. Um, yeah, we'll the radiator shed. Oh yeah. Sorry, well. Paul. No yeah, worries. Radiatorshed.com. So get in there. We've got D and Keith trying to avoid being in the prison. Look at Keith. Yeah, trying to get out of it. <laughs> I'm locked up. I'm he's, locked up. he's in there. He's yeah. in there. And of course, top quality materials made from plate steel. Provided longevity or designs are manufactured in Italy. Aluminium rads are very environmentally friendly and are perfect for heat source pumps. Uh, and they offer a, um, a survey uh, service and will install if required. And look, um, Radiator Russ, uh, he is the man, as you can tell. <laughs> Lots of Pete, great you're, you're doing me absolutely no favors here, Pete. <laughs> keep saying that. God almighty. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to get out of it and you just keep blowing it up. Thanks. Uh, it's going to stick it. It just stays in my head. But get involved in that and, of course, become a member. can only do it on laptop. Click that blue button, one ninety nine a month. We've got three new members tonight. Thank you for joining the um, Lonely family. And, of course, we are on our way to 6K now because we hit our 5K last week. Thank you for all those that have subscribed. Keep subscribing to the channel and we will be back for more. We'll be back for a review uh, for Palace, I believe, on Sunday. Um, so keep in touch with all things Newcastle United on Instagram and Twitter. Boys, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you, D. Um, I'm sure I'm going to be joining you at some point uh, to do a quick r- review on, on your channel. So look out for that one. Um, and we do love playing away. You guys take care. How do you like that? Take it easy.